Today's podcast is brought to you by the memory of yesterday. Remember yesterday? It really was better than today. Stop kidding yourself with all that bright future bullshit. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. I'm Joe DeRosa. One topic, one guest, one hour. Today, we're discussing nostalgia. And I am a horribly nostalgic person. I love dreaming about the past, longing for another time, wishing it were yesteryear, and saying things like, man, I didn't know how good I used to have it. Without question, my thirst for nostalgia sometimes interferes with my hunger for the present. But I don't want to get off on a negative note here. I think nostalgia can be a really great thing. It's a positive emotional experience. Hearing certain songs evokes the same certain feelings I got when I first heard them. Certain smells transport me back in time. And a movie like Star Wars could quite possibly bring tears to my eyes because of the rush of childlike wonder it fills me with. But that doesn't mean I'm not excited about discovering new music and undiscovered scents, and most importantly, a fresh batch of Star Wars movies. So... The trick is finding a healthy balance between the stuff I love from before and the stuff I should start loving now. However, before always seems to tip the scale in its favor. It's an unfair advantage. The past is too burned into my brain, and I realize that means that some of my nostalgia can be attributed to conditional responses. Basically, my brain linked a memory to my first experience with, say, a certain taste or something like that, and now every time I taste that thing, the memory pops up. That's psychological. But my enjoyment of that happening, the tingling warmth and contented sigh it inspires, that's nostalgia. That's different, I think. Well, look, here's something interesting, and it comes from an article written by Sarah Dowdy at HowStuffWorks.com. Sarah wrote, quote, Your brain forges a link between, say, the smell and a memory, associating the smell of chlorine, for example, with summers at the pool or lilies with a funeral. When you encounter that smell again, the link is already there, ready to elicit a memory or a mood, end quote. So again, this is sense memory stuff. But that whole bit about summers at the pool really resonates with me and makes me wonder, would nostalgia even exist if it wasn't for sense memory? Without it, would we look back sweetly on the past events and experiences of our lives, or would we simply just remember them? What I'm asking is, does our heart actually have anything to do with nostalgia, or is it our brains actually putting the fond in memories. Let's try to find out. I have a fond memory about when I first met today's guest, and it was at the movies. We saw Batman Begins. We watched the movie. Uh, I don't think we really spoke. I mean, there were other people there. It wasn't like I was just meeting him, and then we sat there in silence. He seemed real nice, though, and he is. He's hilarious, too. His comedy special and album, Beta Male, are proof of that. Further proof of his comedic skills comes in the form of the fanatical audience's that gather every week to watch him co-host L.A.'s most popular comedy show, The Meltdown. But it doesn't stop at stand-up. He's been seen in popular films like The Five-Year Engagement and The Kings of Summer and critically acclaimed television shows like Portlandia. He's also one of the stars of Franklin and Bash, and he currently resides on the absolutely fantastic HBO series Silicon Valley. You need to watch it. He's also a shitload of fun to drink and hang out with, uh, and I'm just happy he's here. Kamal Nanjiani, hi. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. You love to take this part out, but I'm distracted by your neighbor. Which she's. You have to take this out, but she's like a redhead over here. 
Why do we have to take it out? Just because, I don't know, I feel skeezy. She's just, you don't know her? She's very attractive. I don't think she's my neighbor. I think maybe she's meeting my neighbor. I've never seen that lady before in my life. Um, what if I looked out the window and I was like, what redhead? What are you talking about? <laughs> she's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> there used to be a redhead that lived upstairs. <laughs> uh, she looks from the back. This sounds so gross. I don't mean like she looks good from the back. I just mean like. I, she's not turned she's her no, back she's a very dressed. attractive lady from the back she looks like she might be very attractive I haven't seen the front yeah the front's great too can we leave this in or will you get in trouble because of your wife oh I, it'll be fine I think okay good. yeah I mean yeah you're allowed to she knows I, I find women attractive yeah look but don't touch oh yeah no that's, touching that's from uh, Devil's Advocate <laughs> is that the first time that that phrase was said no <laughs> I, I quote that speech all the time it's one of my favorite movie speeches ever um, you ever, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I've seen it once. The end of the movie, Al Pacino, who plays the devil in it, gives such a convincing speech against God that you're like, yeah, the devil's right. <laughs> he does this whole thing. He's like, he, he, he's a sadist. Yeah. He tells you, look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. Taste, but don't swallow. Yeah, and he, and yeah, then he That's starts, a great speech. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. He starts calling God an absentee landlord. He put you here and turned his back on you. That's I'm here. Good. I'm down in it. Yeah. I'm getting my hands. It's an awesome speech. Yeah. And it's playing Frank Sinatra in the background. And it was when I realized Frank Sinatra is the music that you could equally see God and the devil both like. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's funny that you were talking about nostalgia because right behind you, you have a picture of Frank Sinatra and a stormtrooper. Yes. That's exactly. Yeah, I'm I mean, that's the big the biggest thing in the nostalgia department for me are the things that I'm like a fan of. Like I I, I really I'm like the best fan that you could ever hope to have for your band or your comedy. Yeah. I'll never turn my back on you. I stick with you through the bad albums. Are you still like you know? on board with like U2 or whatever? I never or really you like was a big U2 yeah. guy. I was well, finding it interesting that that's the band yeah. you picked. I don't Why? know. I was <laughs> just trying to think of a band that now isn't as relevant as it used to be. Or like Bruce Springsteen. Do you did you ever like Bruce Springsteen? Ever been a big Springsteen? I fan? loved. Springsteen. I like that you're really going for these mid '80s. Well, that's what I'm trying to do <laughs> is come up with people who were huge. And I think you know Bruce Springsteen. Speaking of nostalgia, yeah, like Born to Run, that album I loved, 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 loved. Obviously, I found it years after it had come out. Sure. But here's interesting. This is the interesting. I was thinking about this. Like, nostalgia, it's good because, like you said, it connects to a moment in your life in the past. And I think there's a bunch of reasons that that's appealing. One, because it sort of takes you back. One, I think I'm afraid of going old, growing old. We're all afraid of growing old and death. And Terrified. thinking of, you know, nostalgia sort of as a reminder of, you know, when you were even more alive than you are now. Yeah. But do you think that this is my fear? So I was at uh, um, WonderCon, which is like a small comic con. Yeah. And I was looking at all these like Ninja Turtles toys I used to have. You yeah. Know? And uh, I was like fucking taken back. I was like, oh my God, I remember their names. You yep. know, like, yeah. who was it? Oh, Snout Spout. I, that's a He Man guy. <laughs> I was like, I know his name, Snout Spout. And it was like, <laughs> it's weird that it just goes in some part of your brain that's in there. Yeah. And you don't access it. But then every now and then, like, it's in there. But are you afraid? I'm afraid yeah. that if I go back too much and do too much nostalgic stuff, that I'll replace those memories with my current memories. So I don't want to replace my memories of snout of you know playing with snout spout as a kid. Right. To with which sounds like a, a term for masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was an elephant and he had a trunk and it would shoot water out. So. I know. 
but I'm afraid now that when I see Snoutspot, I'm going to think of when I ran into Snoutspot, you know, last year instead of when I was a kid. I'm afraid of. I see what you're saying. You're yeah. afraid. So you're afraid like, 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 I, I never, I, I hear what you're saying. I never, as excited as I am about Star Wars Episode Seven. I mean, I couldn't be more excited. People, a lot of people don't get it. They go, why are you so excited? I go, the Star Wars was my Beatles. Like, it was, it was, it, this is literally like if you said to a Beatles fan, uh, the Beatles aren't dead. Yeah. And they're going to start putting new albums out again. I mean, it's literally the thing I never thought I'd see happen. Yeah, but and, Phantom Menace wasn't so long ago. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the Star Wars, the fact that it's going to be Han Solo and Luke Scott, like the fact wow. that they're doing sequel Star Wars, I, I'm just, I, I'm beside myself. Yeah. I'm giddy. Um, but as excited as I am and as, as, as much as I hope for that experience to be amazing, I don't want it to replace when I went to the movies as a child and saw Empire Strikes Back and was fucking devastated when the credits rolled and Han Solo was still frozen. Yeah. I, I, I never want to lose that. I mean, yeah. that was such a, I never want to lose the memory of crying at Superman 3 because he turns evil in it. Oh yeah, I saw That's that in the hard one. theater, and I was like, oh, "What's yeah. happening?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched like Ghostbusters is a movie I watch a bunch of times. I've seen it a lot, a lot, and now to me, Ghostbusters is just unfortunately a great movie, and not. I don't really have memory of when I was a kid watching it. I sort of remember remembering, you know what I mean? Like I had a ghost of a feeling, but the more I watch it, I don't connect like specific parts to like when that librarian ghost screams. I, I was terrified, but I can't, I don't feel that terror anymore that I felt as a kid. Yeah, I don't, I don't, rem, I don't get the same scared feeling because I'm just older and it doesn't scare me. But I can tell you, I remember the moment in the movie theater when that happened and how much it scared the shit out of yeah. me. And then I remember this so distinctly about Ghostbusters, and, and it's one of the reasons I love the movie so much. I remember that my mom taking me. It was my mom and our neighbor, the mom that was our neighbor and her son. And we, we, the, the four of us went. And I remembered the two moms telling the two kids, there's, there's, there's apparently a very scary part at the beginning of the movie. I guess they had read a review that yeah. said, like, it's good for the kids, even just get just, past the first five yeah. minutes or whatever. And, and I was, that scene where uh, Sigourney Weaver is possessed is going to make you a man. Yes, yeah. It's going to give you a boner, and yeah. you're not going to understand why. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, to this day, I still get uncomfortable watching Ghostbusters with my mom at that part. It's too, it's too animalistic and sexual. It makes oh. me feel very uncomfortable. You don't like it? It like connects to a part of me. Like to this day, I think that's the epitome of sexy to me. Is no, I uh, like it. That's oh. why I don't like yeah. seeing it with my mom. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that scene is a guy going. I'm gonna write a scene about every crazy woman that I loved fucking that I was terrified to have in my house. Yes. It's that exact, they capture it in one scene. Like, this is what it's like when you're going to fuck that girl that you think you might need to hide your knives from. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> but hide the knives. Yeah, it's going to be like, that's like roller coaster sex. Yeah. Complete excitement yeah. and terror oh, at yeah. the same Fear time. Fear of death and also, yeah, that's what sex is, <laughs> a little bit of death, right? Yeah. But I remember in Ghostbusters being complete, like, oh, like literally jumping out of the seat scared when the librarian turns into the ghoul. Yeah. And then utter relief as soon as it was over and it hit the credits. And then the credits were fun and it was playing the yeah. Ray Parker Jr. song. And then knowing this, f feeling the safety of, okay, I got past the big boy part. 
Now it's just going to be fun. Yeah. And then loving it so much. Yeah. Like, I, I, it was amazing. I remember yeah. seeing Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. Yeah, I like 2 also. And now I can't even tell if I like it because I liked it as a kid. Or if, like, Gremlins 2 is one of my favorite movies still. You know, Gremlins 2 I didn't see until very recently. And I think I saw it too late. Yeah. I loved Gremlins 1. But Gremlins 2 was one of those movies where it came out and I had transitioned enough as a kid that when Gremlins 2 came out, I remember being like, that looks silly. I don't want to see that. Like, it wasn't hard. It didn't have a hard edge enough to no, it. No, it's totally sort of meta and goofy. Yeah. There's a part where, isn't that the one where the movie, the, the real fucks up, and then Hulk Hogan makes them put the, the yes. movie you're watching? That's the first time I've seen anything meta like that. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? It's going so on. weird. And there's like Leonard Maltin <laughs> is re- giving a shitty review to the first one and then he gets attacked by the gremlins. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. I've yeah. never seen that shit. It's totally fucking crazy. It's crazy. And it's it was totally fucking so crazy. So long ago it came out. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's almost like an SCTV sketch. You know what it's like? Gremlins 2 is like yeah. if they did an episode of the Muppets where the gremlins like guest hosted it. Yeah. It would be like that's what it, it, it would be. It is like that. Also that scene where the bad boss lady who's the redhead. Mm-hmm. Like plays footsie with him. That was another scene that uh, like made me feel real uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that you call her the bad boss lady, and I don't think you were doing that. To I was just childlike. Yeah. I think no, that's, just- <laughs> that's just how I always remember her. She was the bad boss lady, redhead. That's amazing. That's gonna be my new uh, impression of you. I'm gonna say that because I started. Boss lady. I know Pete already Holmes already does an impression of you, but I started to do an impression of you telling me to get the the Strider video game. Oh, did you get it? I did. <laughs> that's that's another great because it's yeah. nostalgia. You like, said to me, yeah, you go, you go, well, it is nostalgia. Let's talk about it. You go, I go, how's that new Strider game? And you go, oh my God, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> you, It's everything you could want from a Strider game. You should download it. Hey, you should do Meltdown. <laughs> I always have the impression with, hey, you should yeah, do Yeah, you should do Meltdown. <laughs> but that's going to be the new impression. I remember the bad boss lady. You should do Meltdown. <laughs> That's stri- did you you played the original Strider, right? I, I did. That's and I, why I was brought up. And I played the demo, and the demo's really good. Um, well, let me ask you this. This is ugh, I love how seamlessly this discussion is going. Yeah. I knew this would be perfect uh, to talk about this with you. I was so happy you picked Nostalgia. Um, all these games, com- I just got a PS4. Uh-huh. You got a PS4. Uh-huh. Uh, and you got the Xbox One. I bought the PS4. I got it before Christmas. You couldn't get the fucking thing anywhere. How did you get it? Okay. I did a part in Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Did a part in Grand Theft Auto 5. I was talking to a friend at Rockstar. I said, if there's any way, I'll, I'll pay for it. I'm not asking for a handout. Yeah. Can you just get me one of these things? My friend was like, let me see if, what I can do. Maybe I can, I don't know. I, I got to ask. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. So he calls me back and he goes, I, I can't, I just, you know, I just can't do that. And then he goes, but I just went online and Amazon right now oh, wow. has 10 in stock. Oh, wow. And like literally just went out of his way as yeah, like he just a checked. fellow video game soldier, yeah. like I got your back. And I ran to the fucking computer. I think I bought it on my phone actually. That's And I'm, a, I'm an Amazon Prime member, so I got a free shipping. So I just yeah. ordered it. It was at my mom's house. The day before Christmas, I was home for Christmas. Great. It was amazing. It was perfect. Here's the thing. So excited to have the PlayStation 4. Little pissed 
that 80%, I'd say, of the games coming out for it are just, hey, look at this 16-bit game we made. I'm like, <laughs> I have the best system alive. Stop trying to take me back to when I was 11. Well, it's also, you know, but the first year of consoles, we forget. But the first year of consoles are always pretty sparse. Like now it's like they read a Tomb Raider, like Last of Us. So, so that's what they do the first year. It's like slightly better versions of existing games or right. like, you know, like these these sort of nostalgia games because they're easier to make. Right. In a year, it'll be great. Right. Like, like I hear Infamous is good, you know. But right. I mean, I like the Strider thing. They did a good job of making it bigger, but also... Uh, you know, like you were saying, connecting to enough of the old Strider that I always felt like I was playing Strider. Yeah. And then we played. I remember we played uh, Double Dragon together at the arcade, and we beat it. Wasn't and that so fun? That was so fun. And that's the thing. Like I remember going to the arcade and playing all these video games, and now whenever I play them, it sort of reminds me of that smoky, horrible place I was in. But I would go every single day. Oh yeah, I mean, it was the best place on earth, and it was. Playing Double Dragon with you not only took me back to that time of playing Double Dragon, it was the best case scenario because we did beat it, which yeah. was awesome. And for those of you that don't know, at the end of Double Dragon, <laughs> you have to fight each other. For the girl. For the girl. Because she has no say in the matter. She's, she's like, whichever one of you lunkheads is exactly. dead at the end, I'll fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's apparently just a moralist game yeah. that you just risked your life yeah. for an hour to try yeah. to save her. Uh, but uh, So you have to fight each other at the end of the game, and those games were fucking ruthless back in the 80s. You could always, if you hit your, if you hit your friend, oh. it would actually hurt him. Yeah. There, was no, there were no rules just because programming wasn't as good. No, they so hadn't just figured like, it out. Yeah. And uh, so we're trying through the whole game to be careful and not hit each other. Blah, blah, blah. We get to the end, we have to fight each other now. And Kamal, I remember this from being a kid, the, the only mistake you can make, which is he walks into the pit by accident yeah. and immediately <laughs> dies. We laughed and so I, hard. Yeah, and I just won. And you were, <laughs> you were so mad. You were like, because you, you just didn't see it coming. No. <laughs> it had, we hadn't even landed one punch on each other yet. No. It just jumped off. You just went down and yeah. fell into a hole. Yeah. And I just got to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> well, she's now your girlfriend. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, I love playing that. And uh, for me, Final Fight. I played a lot of Final I love Fight Final in the Fight. Ar arcade and Street Fighter 2. Like, that was when I remember like there was a people, every, Final Fight would be the one. Uh, everyone was huddled around Final Fight. And then one day I went in and it was empty. And I was like, whoa, what happened? And there's another machine and it's all packed. And I slowly walk over and look over people's shoulders and it's Street Fighter 2. And then that was the fucking game forever. Dude, I remember... Uh, these are such great memories, Kamal. I'm seriously... I am so happy that we're talking. I know I've already <laughs> said it. I mean it. Like, you're, you're really bringing up a lot of nice, beautiful memories for me right now. I remember... The day I saw Street Fighter Two for the first time, I was at. I my, remember, I, dude. I was at my cousin John's house, and I knew Street Fighter One. I remembered yeah. Street Fighter One, and we were at his house. And he said, "After dinner, I'm going to ask if my dad will take us to Fun Zone or whatever yeah. the fuck it was." And I was like, "What's that?" And he's like, "It's a go kart place that has an arcade." I was like, "Oh, that'd be awesome." So his dad's like, "My uncle." He's like, "Yeah, you guys can go to Fun Zone after dinner." So first, I'm so oh. excited, like. Like, we were at the age where we were old enough to just get dropped off in an arcade. Uh, and, like, I think I maybe had 10 bucks that I could spend. Yeah. So it was like, it's fucking on, right? Yeah. And he goes, we're going there to play Street Fighter 2. 
And I go, what's that? And he goes, it, you know, Street Fighter. It's Street Fighter 2. And I go, Street Fighter 1 is one of the worst games I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play that. And he goes, trust me, dude. Trust yeah, me. It's the best game. And the second I saw it, I was like, it literally should have had like the heaven beam yeah. coming down, illuminating yeah. it. Yeah. There's always like, there's never a roof over a Street Fighter 2 machine. It's always bathed in the light of God. <laughs> So good, man. I remember my cousin got it on, uh, we played in the arcade, then he got it on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Which, and it looked just as good as the arcade. It looked so good. And this was before, like, you had the internet for moves and stuff, so I didn't know how moves happened. So we thought that you did a fireball by kicking four times and then doing the motion. So we would just, the whole match would be us at the edge of the screen. Right. Both of us just, like, doing four kicks and then doing that. Do four yeah. kicks and then doing that. And just, like... Discovering the moves on your own. How like, excited were you when you realized you didn't have to do the four oh, kicks? Yeah. And you must have been like. I mean, the best. Yeah. Doing like a Blanca roll or like finding out that if you hit punch a bunch of times, it's the electricity happens. So good. Dude, it was for those of you younger folks listening, uh, that's how it was back then. There, like, Kamal, like Kamal just said, there was, there wasn't, there was no internet. Yeah. There was no, and if it was, it was that fucking crazy Matthew Broderick War Games movie <laughs> yeah, kind of internet. Yeah, I don't know that shit. Um, it, but, like, you couldn't just go online. You didn't have a booklet to tell you shit. It literally, you had to learn moves in a video game like you were getting, like, info on, like, a fucking racehorse. Like, yeah. They, they say, you know, oh, yeah, exactly. Lucky's Glen in the ninth. You know yeah. what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. Like, so, like, it was all, like, tips and secrets. And then also, it used to get fucking heated. Like when you'd play Street Fighter 2? In the arcade, it was bad. Like I actually stopped playing because these guys were such fucking assholes about it. It was intense. I remember playing it on Super Nintendo at my friend Kevin's house, and he was really good. And one day, I just was on, and I was beating him every round. And he got so mad that he threw the controller. He punched me in the leg as hard as he could. And he goes, I could kick your ass in real life. <laughs> That's what people would say. Yeah. Kids would say that to each other when you would lose. I could fucking beat you up in real life. It was, I don't know why there was so much at stake. I but think there part was. of it was that that game was so good, so tight, that when you lost, it was because you, the other guy was better than you. Yeah. And it was, you could never blame the game. It was so like well done and well balanced that you always knew it was your fault. Yeah, it was really, video games back then really were a, a, a testament of your worth Yeah, as a person. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you were good, that was like being like, I know how to play basketball really well, or I can sing. Yeah. It was one of those, it was a talent. Yeah. And, um, and it still is, but back then it was, it was for all, that, that's the other thing too. Bragging it was for rights. all the world to see. Yeah. You had to do it in an arcade. There was a line of oh, kids Oh, and you put your you. name on the top 10 whatever thing for every video game, and you'd go back and you'd see, yep. see it forever. Remember putting your quarter on the screen? Oh, yeah, yeah, For yeah. that meant I got next. I yeah. got next game. And, uh, and, and there was a line of kids, and if you got humiliated, I mean, you felt fucking stupid. And yeah. kids that you didn't know would talk shit to you. Yeah. It was my, brutal. My brother and I always played together one-on-one -on -one fighting games. That's sort of what our relationship was for right. years. So we would go to the arcade and play. And because we played together... We would play the same characters and we had the same like fighting style. Right. So I remember I was playing one guy and he like figured out my style and beat me. And then my brother was next. And it, it was exactly watching it was so humiliating. When I was like, oh, he's doing exactly what I was doing. <laughs> and even the guy was like, you guys fight exactly the same. I mean, it, it's oh, God, man, what a time. What a time that was. We had a 7-Eleven in my neighborhood that you, we, the big activity was we're going to ride bikes to 7-Eleven. And what would you get there? Well, two hot dogs, 
Doritos. That's now. And a chocolate milk. <laughs> that's, oh, that's now? That's now. I told Kamal outside. By the way, I always say your name. I say Kamal, but it sounds like I'm saying Kumal. Yeah. And then people always correct me and they go, you mean Kumal? And I'm like, that's what I just said. <laughs> you just, that's I how feel you like talk. Data from Goonies. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> short round. Or, yeah. Yeah. Short round too. Uh, but, uh. Uh, we would go to oh outside. I told you that my meal at seven. Well, you said that you get the fucking chicken rollers. The buffalo chicken roller is a food that has the consistency of nothing else in the world. I've never had. It's like it's sort of like first of all, it tastes like buffalo chicken, kind of, but it's springy. It's like hard gum that you can swallow. It's the weirdest texture, <laughs> and I kind of get it like once every other month just to remind myself, like, oh, we also made this. <laughs> This is also out there. It's so crazy, dude. You got to try it. I don't. There's no fucking way I'm ever trying. And try listen, it. I, I'm like a billy goat. I'll eat anything. I'm not eating that. Why would you not try it? I don't like. This is a weird food hang up I have. I don't like buffalo chicken anything unless it's hot wings. Like buffalo oh. chicken pizza. It grosses me out. See, I, I don't know why. I get why you might not like it. But like you don't you like a buffalo chicken sandwich, right? You're okay no. with that? No. Hate it. Fucking hate it. Get it out of my face. Really? To me, buffalo chicken is the best flavor of all the food. If there's any spiciness in a sandwich, it's got to be like Wendy's style where it's it's like worked in the into thing? the breading. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't. I don't so like. So weird. I put, I, I bring burgers home, cut up hot peppers and put them on my burgers. No, I love hot peppers, but that's not buffalo chicken. Buffalo no, but I love buffalo chicken too. I love buffalo chicken wings, yeah. but I don't like it in any other form. It's, a, it's like banana. I love bananas. As you can see by these dark brown ones that have been sitting here for yeah. God knows how long. Um, I love bananas. Banana flavored anything. Get it out of my well, fucking face. A lot of banana flavor is very chemically. It's bad. It like, tastes gross. Like banana gum is no good. I love like banana bread because I think that, oh, I do like banana that's bread. real bread. Yeah, yeah, I like banana. I mean bread. real banana, but like banana candy, it doesn't taste anything like bananas. Here's the weird part. Watermelon. Polar opposite. Love watermelon flavored anything. Oh, weird. Eat the actual fruit. I'm the opposite because they don't taste the same. They're they different. Don't. They're different flavors. I love a piece of watermelon How is it gum. That some guy at some point decided like, yeah, this is what fake watermelon should be. Like, what the fuck? Because I'll tell you why. Because some guy, some genius, beautiful scientist out there was one of the only people in the world that was willing to go. Yeah, watermelon tastes like shit. Yeah. Here's like what it should <laughs> no. taste like. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Yes. Watermelon yes. way better than fake watermelon. You know what I do like fake? Fake grape is my favorite. Oh, fake grape is good. Again, nothing like... Nothing like grapes. That's yet a third iteration of this. Yeah. I love grapes and fake grapes. Yeah, and they're totally different. <laughs> I one time ate a grape that tasted like fake grape. It's the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> it was bright purple, right? Yeah, There's bright no purple. There's no way it was green. There was no way that fucking thing was green. Why is it always... Why is it that uh, fake grape is always purple, never green? Because the green one would taste... Shitty, I think. I, well, but it doesn't taste like grape anyway. Make it make it any color you want. Yeah, you're right. You're I'll right. I'll tell you this. Speaking of nostalgia, I when I was a little kid, I grew up in Pakistan, and I had an aunt in Singapore. And every summer, my parents would send me to Singapore, just like here, you're her responsibility now. Uh, and Singapore was the most westernized country I'd ever been in. Like they had a McDonald's. We never had a McDonald's. They had a McDonald's, KFC, and Toys R Us. And Jesus my Christ. aunt would like in the morning, drop me off at the Toys R Us, and I would just hang out there all day, and she'd pick me up in the evening. I'd just walk around and look at toys. Would you ever get anything? I, I had, like, I, for the whole summer, I had a certain amount of money that they gave me, so I had to be very, very careful. 
Like I knew I could buy like one thing a week or something was what I'd budgeted. I'd figured it out. I was good with that kind of stuff. But <laughs> but just a couple of weeks ago, right. Emily wanted to go to Bali. So we were going to Bali on the way back. We had to connect to Singapore. And I was like, hey, let's stay in Singapore for a couple of days. So I stayed in Singapore and I went back to that fucking Toys R Us. I went still to the, there. Still there. Couldn't find one here if your life depended on and it. And I yeah. almost, there's a, I'll show you this picture that Emily took of me at this Toys R Us. I was fucking beaming. And it's amazing how like the names of the streets in Singapore, like I remembered the names like Orchard Road, Sarangoon Road. Again, that was like some weird box in my brain, but it was still in there. It's just in and there. I, like went back so hard. Oh, I can still remember my childhood phone number, the address, oh, yeah. the cross streets. All Ours was uh, five three five four three eight, and then it changed to five eight three five four three eight. That's impressive. Yeah, it's impre- I would say mine, but I'm too afraid it's somebody else's actual phone number. Oh now. yeah, this is in Pakistan. Yeah, we're, you're safe. Go after those people. <laughs> you're I, I dare you. What? Uh, it's not loading. Oh, it's not loading. Well, did he, that's that's one of the shitty things about adulthood. And I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, like I'm swimming in some kind of money pool every night. I'm not. Oh, the money? I'm living like a regular man, but I'm a single man, which means I don't have to spend any of my money on children or a wife or a girlfriend. So I have money to buy the the stupid shit I want. It ruins it. Dude, it does. I'm just amassing this DVD collection. I'm like hundreds of DVDs behind. For me, like if I would buy something, I could not wait to like play that video game or whatever. I got like Infamous 2. I haven't touched it. I got Assassin's yeah. Creed 4. I haven't touched it. I, I got the uh, Tomb Raider. I haven't touched it. I got the Tomb Raider refaced, whatever, reboot, yeah. whatever. I haven't touched played it. Played one level. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, like. I was at WonderCon and I bought, for so much money, I bought one of my favorite Ninja Turtle toys as a kid. That was one of my favorites as a kid. And I just bought it. And then I was like, why did I buy this Am I so you gonna... bought that yet you'll still drag me to a bar that gives you discounted drinks every friday <laughs> that's a, the, hey for, yeah. by the way it was way less crowded than rustic and drawing room in there okay one time K- kumail likes this bar in our neighborhood when we go out to drink and he always makes us go to it and we're always like it's not that great it's not a bad place hey they've got good food it's not a bad place they do have good food but there's never really any seats, and it's it's just it's just kind of this bar. It's out of the way. It's farther of a walk than but any of the other bars. It's still a walk. It's so close. Yeah, but we're, but we're always just kind of like, why why? Well, why do you, you like love going? this place? And then we found out he loves it because they discount his drinks. <laughs> they <laughs> That's discount a his great drink. reason. The man that just spent no. eight hundred and ninety dollars no. on a fucking hammerhead toy. Or uh, Rocksteady and Bebop dolls. It was an undercover Donatello. Oh, in the trench coat? Yeah, with the mask. Yeah. What? How much was it? Say it. It was a lot. Say how much it was. It was a lot. Come on. We all know you're on a TV show. It's not going to be a big surprise that you got a couple of bucks to throw away on a teenage media. I don't think this is going to come across as arrogant. I got two Ninja Turtles toys. Yes. For $100. That's not a lot. I mean, for that they were selling for eight or nine bucks when they were. That's not. I thought you were gonna say it cost you like five hundred dollars. No, no, no. I feel. I feel a lot of guilt spending money on myself. Like a lot of guilt. I like know. Shit which is myself. why you make us walk a mile to go to a bar <laughs> that takes a quarter off every rum and coke. <laughs> That's way more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it. And the best part is, he goes, "It's a great." This is this is what he did. He goes, "It's a great bar, man. It's a great bar." 
Notice I'm not doing my impression now of you. Yeah. I think it's obnoxious when somebody always does the impression. It's <laughs> shitty. Uh, he goes, uh, it's a great bar. It's so cheap. I go, great. And we go down. Well, I didn't realize that I was getting a deal until you guys weren't. And I was like, <laughs> we get our tabs. He goes, dude, my whole tab the whole night, 15 bucks. And I go, that's awesome. Can't wait to get my tab for $47. It was just, <laughs> I was just like a regular tab. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great. And I also have to Uber home now. <laughs> Thanks, man. This is fun. <laughs> Okay, tell me how you feel about this, going yeah. back to nostalgia. How Can do I? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Well, well, I don't want to cut you off. Can you hold this thought? Yes. Because I want to tell you about my nostalgia for the greatest bar I ever went to. What was it? Are you ready for this? Kutztown University, where I went to school in Kutztown, Pennsylvania, sandwiched in between Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, just outside of Mennonite country, okay, which is sort of like Amish country. This little oasis in, in, in just the sea of farmland, this old artsy fartsy town. You go there. If you're not an alky when you get there, you'll be one when you leave. All there is to do is drink. We had a bar called the Firehouse because it was in the firehouse, in the basement, members only. Like in the where the firefighters were? Where the firefighters work. <laughs> and currently work there. Huh? They work there currently. Yeah. Like when no, you it's the firehouse. There was a bar in the basement, a functioning bar in the basement of the firehouse. You had to be a member to get in. Being a member meant, I'm a, becoming a member meant, I'm a member, I recommend you, you pay $7, you're now a member. But a lot of places do that where you have to like become a member, like North Carolina does that. It's to get around some weird law. It, it is, and, but here's the great, probably because it was a bar in a firehouse. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> here's the best part, though. For some reason, it was enough of a hurdle that a lot of people just didn't do it. Yeah. So the only people that hung out there were like the punk rock kids and the hippie kids, and, and it was cool. It was like, this is a place where the kids that get it are hanging out. And there were three functioning bowling lanes in the bar, drinks. Are you ready for this? Meanwhile, outside, houses are on fire. Well, the firemen didn't hang out down there. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they did. That'd be funny if that, they had to bartend. Yeah, they're duty. like, I'm sorry, uh, there's a fire. <laughs> Service is going to be terrible. Well, be right there. Table 18 needs kamikaze shots. Exactly. Here's the best part. You ready for this? Drinks. All beers came in frosty mugs. Mugs that they froze in a freezer. 65 cents for draft frosty mug beers. Mixed drinks, $1.50. Pitchers of shots. Pitchers of shots, $5.00. I literally would go down there as a broke college kid with change I fished out of my couch cushions and would still get reasonably drunk. It was the best bar on earth. That's a crazy deal. And I've tried to rediscover it in every city I've ever lived, and there's just nothing I've ever Do you know if it's still going over there? It is. I went back to Kutztown a few years back with a friend of mine who also lived in New York at the time, and he said, let's go back. Is your membership still... It wasn't, but how great is this memory? We go to the door. It's literally quarter to two in the morning. Yeah. It's pouring rain outside. We're alone. We're drenched. The bartender comes up. She's like, sorry, guys. We're closed. This isn't a public bar. We go, you got to understand. We went to college here. This was our place. We have so many memories. And we started just, we gave her the whole spiel. She goes, all right, guys, I'll let you in for one. We went in. We got a pitcher of shots and two drinks. We drank it. 
and and it was amazing. And then that yeah. was it. That was my last memory of the place. It was so fitting. It was completely empty when we went in. It was just perfect. It was fucking perfect. And I I would love to find a bar like that here where we it's could look hard. back. But in our I'm, area, every bar is so packed on the weekend. It is. It's tough. My point is, is I'm never going to look back on your favorite bar and go, man, that place. I'm never going to be at the door of that place going, please, my friend got 10% of off his drinks here. No, please I'm not let gonna... me in. <laughs> the bar that I like to sort of, in our area, that I like the most in terms of how it feels is the drawing room. I like that I love it. It does when it's crowded. It's a little hard to negotiate, but like it's it's uh, or navigate rather. But uh, it's if everything is empty, I'll go there. Yeah, it's nice when it's empty. I like I rustic don't like when it's too. too empty. I like rustic. Rustic in. We're talking like everybody knows. Yeah. These <laughs> what are we doing? All right, let's move off. <laughs> what well, I have a nostalgia say? question. Yeah. How do you feel about these things that sort of uh, when these when they try and capitalize on it, so where they like every couple of years reboot Ninja Turtles. Now they're doing a Ninja Turtles movie or the Transformers movie. How, how do you feel about that? I assume you, you know, like Transformers or whatever. Like, does that feel cynical to you or is that cool? I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, here's why. And it's the reason why I defend the Star Wars prequels. Um, if I'm a fan of the thing and they're going to keep making more of it, even if I don't love every aspect of the more of it that they make, there's still going to be shit in there that's going to really get me going. And quite possibly one out of three attempts will be amazing. So did you... And if I don't care, then who cares? If I'm not, I'm not into yeah. Transformers anymore, so it's like, I don't give a fuck if they yeah. rebooted eight times. Keep, yeah. I don't care. That's like, how I feel. I'm like, people are like weird about like Ghostbusters 3 happening and people are upset about it. I'm like, it's not going to ruin the first two. It really doesn't right. Like, ruin right. it. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like Even with like the Transformers movies, which I do not like, um, but I'm like, yeah, go for it. I don't care. Yeah, people I don't, get really upset about it. Though. They're oh, like, people get so yeah. upset. Yeah, and it's like I always say, like, like I could see getting upset about Star Wars because you thought that was going to be amazing, and then it wasn't, and that's a huge disappointment. But Transformers, you knew what that was going to be. Well, here's my thing with Star Wars. This is my argument, and this is a very nostalgia-based argument. Did were there lightsaber battles? Uh huh. Were there new alien planets? Uh huh. Were there space dogfights? Uh huh. Okay. We're halfway there. We're halfway there. No, but th th those Can movies I, aren't awesome because of those things. They're awesome because of it's an awesome movie. There are a lot of them, but a lot of that is what makes it so great. A lot of that is so is so. Uh, um, uh, 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 God damn it! You know what I'm saying? Like indicative of Star Wars and what Star Wars is. Yeah. You know, Star Wars is such a unique, specific thing that something as much as like a sound effect or as little as a sound yeah. effect can really get you going. You hear a lightsaber noise and you're just like, <gasps> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have the stupid app on my phone just so I can hear lightsaber noises yeah. whenever I want. But if you weren't into Star Wars growing up, then the prequels wouldn't have like done it for you. Not uh, they, they probably wouldn't have. And I also think I would have watched them and just been like, they were fine. Who cares? Yeah, who like, cares? But my point is, is like, the elements of Star Wars were enough there that it got me halfway there. Yeah. So then, it, then it just becomes about like, well, did I like when like, you know, the little kid said this cheesy thing, or or there's a bad love scene? No, of course I didn't. I hated those those parts. But could I hold my breath through it to get to like the next cool thing? Of course I could. Well, you know what I mean. What, for me, like I was never a huge Star Wars fan. I loved the Indiana Jones movies. So like the fourth Indiana Jones movie, I was so fucking excited about. I was so I. Yeah. I went there opening night with like 10 of my friends in New York um, 
and I was so excited. And people yeah. were like, I don't know about this. And I was like, it's Steven Spielberg. He can make an action movie. And then it was so bad. The only thing that honestly took me back was the music. That was the only thing that would like sort of get me going. And that that really got me angry. My experience with that was very different from your experience with the Star Wars prequels in that I didn't think there was enough Indiana Jonesy stuff to get get over the badness. Which well, was, I I you're gonna think I'm crazy. I kind of liked it. I I saw crazy. it seven times in the theater. And, uh, you which, saw Crystal Skull seven yeah, times in the. Theater. I did a whole episode of this podcast where we talked about um, fandom, and I talked about this. Like, I saw it seven times in the theater. Because I was like, this might be the last time I ever get to see an Indiana Jones movie in the theater. And again, did I think it was a perfect Indiana Jones movie? Of, of course not. Um, but did I think it was terrible? No. I just, I was like, okay, the chase scenes felt like Indiana Jones to me. The, the action sequences, I love the whole opening in the warehouse and everything. The only thing I like was the gunpowder flying in the beginning. You know, where it like, uh, they, they release the gunpowder and then it flies to the thing. I love magnetic. the whole opening where he's like, where they're chasing him through the warehouse. I love the whole motorcycle chase. I loved. I, I like the library chase, but. Yeah, that, the library chase. I like the jungle parts. I didn't like, like, now here's what I didn't like. I didn't like, obviously, like him swinging on monkey vines, Shia LaBeouf swinging I mean, on monkey vines. Totally horrible. I didn't like, like, Shia LaBeouf, like, sword fighting. Like, I that also, part was stupid. I but also. Then, it didn't ruin the other, the ants part I thought was fun. It, like, d it didn't ruin the other one is what I'm saying, but I really, really hated it. And to me, it wasn't Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones is not sci-fi. Indiana Jones is adventure. And this one with like the alien and shit, like to me, that's not what Indiana Jones is. Indiana Jones is old temples with magic stones and shit. Indiana Jones is not aliens. Well, here's the thing. Here's why, here's my counter argument for that always. And people bring that point up a lot. The other... The, the type of relics and, and, and you know, things that Indiana Jones goes after, a lot of that, a lot of that um, um, uh, you know, sort of civilization of the past stuff where we can't figure out how they could have had the technology, a lot of it is, a lot of the theories surrounding how it existed is no, alien No, I know how they linked that. But. So, but here's the other part of it, too. So that didn't bother me because I was like, of course, that would be the next step. There would, it's alien discovery or whatever. I also understand where they were coming from. They were like, okay, we've got to do it in the 50s. Our approach to the ones that took place in the late 30s and early 40s where we did the serial action movies of that period and tried to recreate that. If we're doing one in the 50s, let's do it more like one of the B-movies, Mars Attacks kind of things. And it was, I understand the attempt. Was it successful? I think it, it would have been a lot better if they didn't do it. But I get where they were coming from, and that's a lot of it for me. That's a lot of why I forgive. I go, but I see what he's trying to do. Uh, it's so, like, there's nothing. Like, the first Indiana Jones, there's that great scene where he's got the idol there, and he's got a bag of sand, and you just see him, yeah. like, eyeball it, and you're like, that's so fucking badass. He's yeah. so bad. He's eyeballing it. And then he, like, switches it, and he gets it wrong. Like, that's so funny and clever, where yeah. he goes from, like, being badass to, like, he fucks it up. Yeah, it's great. It's such a great scene. The shot, like, was the uh, idols in the background, and he's got, like, the bag of sand in his hand, and he's yeah, letting I love it, it go. There was nothing cool like that in this one. There was nothing, like, nothing was funny. Was Do you remember anything being funny? All those movies were so funny. They're, uh, like, funny movies. There are parts where I laughed. I like when he goes, you're a teacher, and he just goes, part-time. I think that part's funny. So you just <laughs> smile a little bit. That's a fine line, but... <laughs> 
I, I really had. I own it on DVD and I never watched it. Um, or Blu-ray, I bought it and I never watched yeah, it. Yeah, I have the set on Blu-ray. You know why it's easy to get just that movie on Blu-ray? Because everyone bought the set. It's the only way to buy them. And they get the four movies and then they get rid of the one that they don't want. It gives me... But I'm telling you, like, from a nostalgia standpoint, when, when I saw this, when, that's the way they introduce him in the film where there's the silhouette of him I liked the it. car and the music. I, no. I got, like, chills. I got teary almost. I did, too. I'll tell you what part really bummed me out. I liked it up until there's the scene where they're looking into the crystal skull and it's, like, hypnotizing him or whatever. And I was like, what is this fucking bullshit? That's when I was like, this why, is not. But why this does is that? Not. But here's the thing. Why does that bother you more than him finding a man that's lived in a cave for 500 years? Because there's like a mystery to it. It's exciting. This guy's been living in a cave. What's he been doing for 100 years? He has this one job. Like, that's romantic and exciting. Looking into an alien skull and it's doing something to your brain. That's just kind of stupid, I think. There's nothing like exciting. What I like about the Indiana Jones movies is that they have a, such a sense of history. All the stuff that they find and whatever has like this... Awesome, but like, there's a crystal. There's it. a crystal skull thing too. That's a no. Real I know thing. the crystal skull thing. But here's the other. Here's my other thing with with crystal skull. I, I did. I've thought about this so much, and I've really watched and read everything I could on it. There's a pattern with Indiana Jones. If you'll notice, with the four movies, every other movie is religious relics, and and the ones in between are more like out there voodoo, goofy, whatever. Crystal Skull is a lot like Temple of Doom. It's him. He's got a sidekick. It's all in one place the whole time. It's a very, very clear-cut mission that he's on. There aren't a lot of twists and turns to it. It's like, we're here. We got to get this thing, and that's it. There's a lot of magical shit happening. Temple of Doom, they're ripping people's hearts out, yet they're still yeah, alive. Yeah, I'm okay with magic. I'm just not okay with sci-fi in Indiana Jones. To See, me, just, I think that's so nitpicky. Don't you think... No, oh. well... It's but, not nitpicky. But everyone agrees with me. You realize that, right, Joe? Well, that's why I think Everybody I'm, hates Crystal Skull, and they're all right, and you're wrong. No, no. I, it's yeah. always the world is always wrong, and I'm always right. That's, no, that's, that's just the way the world works. <laughs> that's, history books will tell you. That's, uh, that's uh, just a coping mechanism, Joe. <laughs> but here's my question. Don't you think that that's just you being older? Don't you think if you saw Crystal Skull... As a nine-year-old kid, or however Dude, old you were, I liked you everything when I saw that I saw when I was nine. That doesn't make it. That's good. not true. I liked everything. That's not true. I didn't like grown-up movies, but I remember like Crawl was one of my, one of my favorite. But my movies. point is, so okay, so then let me Beastmaster. I love. Let's sort of reverse engineer it then. What if you saw Temple of Doom right now for the first time? What if that was the fourth Indiana Jones movie? Let's say Crystal Skull was the second one, and you loved it just because you saw it when you were a kid. And right now, Temple of Doom came out. You'd probably be like, what the fuck is going on? They got this fucking kid with them the whole time. They're doing voodoo shit. They rip the guy's heart out, and he's still alive. Then he turns bad. This sucks. I'm telling you, that's how Listen, you would react I to it. I think that one is the weakest of the first three. Oh, dude. Temple or Doom is. Watch your fucking mouth. Watch I your... love it. I love it. But I think I like Last Crusade better. And I think Last Crusade I like better because I was old enough to kind of get it more. You know, like uh, I very specifically remember specific parts. The old guy was really, really awesome. And then the first one is the first one. And it's fucking amazing. Temple of Doom. I really, I just saw it like a month ago. I think they... I think it's it's a perfect um, progression of movies in the sense of it literally goes from best to worst, in my opinion. 
I think it literally go it goes Raiders, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull. Last Crusade I haven't seen in a while, but I remember loving that Look, movie. I love it. I love it. I'm not saying I don't love it. Yeah. But Temple of Doom is so... I mean, Jesus No, Christ. I really like it. I'm not going to argue with you on this. I'm just saying of those three, it's my least favorite, but it's still... I'm not, and I'm not trying to argue The with third you. best I, movie I've ever seen. I don't seen. want you to think I'm trying to start an argument with yeah. you. Yeah. You said that a little bit like, Joe, I'm not going to argue with you. No, no, no. You. I just meant like, I'm not going to be like know, arguing about why it sucks. Because I, I don't think it sucks. I'm I just think joking. it's awesome. I know exactly yeah. how you meant it. That just yeah. sounded funny. I just... Re I, I really like all those movies. I just don't like... The fourth one. Another one. Let's change subject for a second. Please. X-Files. I love X-Files. It's like my favorite fucking TV show of all time, probably. You had that great routine about the movies. Is that yeah. what you're going to get to? Yeah. And then the second movie, like, really, really, really bummed me out. And but you not... said the first one also bummed you out. No, I like the first one. But it wasn't your bit... The second movie was like you go back to the friend that asked you for money for heroin and then she asks you again. Oh, you know what I didn't like? I didn't like the last seasons of the show. That's what you're thinking about. Okay. Uh, season seven, eight, nine are real bad. Okay. One through five, really good. Movie, pretty good. Season six, pretty good. Seven, eight, nine, real bad. So that's the shitty girlfriend. Okay, I see. And then the second movie's coming out and I was excited because they showed this preview at Comic-Con and someone just like put up their phone and got it, you know? So you see, like, when Mulder shows up, the whole crowd goes nuts. This nuts is thousands of people. Because he had I, been gone, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I like, got teary-eyed watching that. And then I watched the movie, and it didn't bum me out. It didn't ruin X-Files for me. I still love the show. I'm re-watching it again for the fourth time right now. It just bummed me out because I thought it was going to be awesome, and it wasn't. Right. Well, that's I, I like that you said it didn't ruin the show for me because I think that's the key thing with truly nostalgic people. And as we talk about... Crystal Skull or Star Wars or Ghostbusters 3, whatever it is. Here's the thing. It never ruins the other thing. No, it There's really just more of it now. Yeah, and you, if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's, that's always how I look at it. Yeah, and those things just bummed me out because I thought they were going to be great, and then I didn't think they were great. Like, to me, I remember, like, I love Superman movies, you know? Did you like Superman Returns? I did not. But I never... To me, Superman Returns didn't connect to the old Superman. Like, I thought the Christopher Reeve movies were their own thing. But I remember when Batman came out. And that was, like, the first cool superhero movie to me. Superman's really good, but Batman was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, Batman, like, Tim Burton's Batman, the original one, is pretty fucking slick. Yeah. And, and never had we seen, I mean, even, even... You know, uh, you know, with 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 given that we had a uh, Gene Hackman, you know, yeah. in, in a Superman movie, we had never seen anything like Jack Nicholson being like, "Yeah, I'm going to do a comic book movie." Yeah. It was like, "What is happening?" This yeah. guy's the biggest movie star alive, and Batman just looks cooler than Superman. So, and I, it oh, was, yeah. I was like at the age a little bit. I was still pretty young, but like things that were cool, I wanted. Like, I loved that the Sega Genesis looked black, you know, and it didn't look like a kid's machine. I had Sega Genesis it, yeah. over Nintendo for that reason, and that was their ad campaign. Yeah, they took. Nintendo was beating them, and then Sega Genesis took the lead when they started the campaign of, like, Super Nintendo's fine if you're a kid. Yeah. Come over here with the big boys. Yeah. And that's when everybody was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Super Nintendo. They showed was, blood in Mortal Kombat on yeah. Sega Genesis. Super Nintendo, the controllers are, like, purple and lilac and shit, and Genesis was black. Yeah. You know? So, and that, at that age, it, that shit mattered to me. And that's what I loved about the Batman movie, the first one. Yeah. was like, it was so cool. Yeah. And it still is. Well, here's the thing. I'm such a nostalgic guy that, like, when I saw Superman Returns, 
the first time in the theater, yeah. I thought it was amazing. It blew my fucking hair back because I was so excited that they were tying it back to the Christopher Reeve ones. Yeah. The music, the same credit. One of my favorite, it might be my favorite movie opening of all time are the Superman movies when it goes up into space and it goes dun dun dun. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 like yeah. that slow build up into the yeah. music and then when the f I just I'm literally getting goosebumps right now when the fucking Superman emblem flies yeah. in and makes that fucking space that swoosh sound, noise yeah. um, so that carried me through the movie and then also that you were seeing things you'd never seen in a Superman movie like his eye stopping a bullet well, and shit like that you know that. I didn't think the movie was going to be good until I saw that preview where it hits the eye and I was yeah. like oh this is going to be awesome yeah then again, I was disappointed, but I didn't go in. I didn't go in with like a ton of baggage into it. I didn't go in the way I did with Indiana Jones or uh, fucking um, X Files. You well, know? Yeah. Did you like Man of Steel? I did. You did like it. I did. I think here's well. I'll tell you that in a second. Here's the thing with Superman Returns. When I went to see it a second time because I thought it was so awesome. Yeah. That's when I was like, man, I don't think this is good. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. I'll still throw the DVD in, though, to just watch the parts I like. I'll skip around and whatever. You like but, the plane scene? Is that what you like? like? The planes, I love the plane scene, and it says he's back on the newspapers, and, and you're like, he yeah. is back. You know, I love that. Um, Man of Steel I liked. I look at the Superman movies the way I look at the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which yeah. I'm also very, very nostalgic for. Yeah. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. That was my gateway horror movie. You know? Oh yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, totally. It's a little fantasy too. It's 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 just the coolest concept. Yeah. And I loved the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And people said, "Oh, I, I never saw it. I thought it was great. I, I really I, wanted to see it because I love Nightmare." And so everyone was like, "Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it." Here's the thing. This is why you can borrow it if you want. I own it. I will. Um, here's why I liked it. And, and this was my argument with people that said it sucked. I was like, I'm a fucking tried and true nightmare fan. Okay, I've seen every one of these fucking movies. And from the time I was four and I was, I mean, excuse me, from the time of part four where I was old enough to see them in the theater, I saw every one of these fucking movies. Did you see New the Nightmare? Theater. I saw every, yeah. from four out, I saw everyone in the theater opening week. I was like, I've stuck with this fucking franchise. And if anybody's going to sit here and tell me that the Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street remake is worse than Nightmare on Elm oh, Street dude. 4, yeah. 5, or 6? Yeah. Fuck you, man. You're an idiot. You're just an idiot. I think, you know, the Nightmare movies, and, I'll, and I love them. I honestly, this might be a weird thing to say. I think Freddy is awesome. I think the yeah. way it looks is awesome. The special effects look really cool. I don't think any of them are really great movies. I, I think the first one is. I don't even think the first one is like a great movie. I love watching it, and I've seen it a bunch of times. I own all the Nightmare movies. Honestly, you know what my favorite Nightmare movie is to watch now? Hmm. Freddy vs. Jason. I really like that I, movie. Oh, I saw that in the theater, too. Yeah. Opening weekend. Well, and that's my point. These same fucking dickweeds that say the Nightmare on Elm Street remake sucked are like, yeah, I like Freddy vs. Jason. And it's like, yeah. I think it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah. But you're going to sit here and tell me that this remake is worse than that? Why? Because it's not the exact vision you had of a Nightmare on Elm Street remake because somehow this existing now ruins your other thing? It doesn't. It's just another telling of the story again. Yeah. 
They've made 18 Zelda games. It's the same story yeah. every time. Yeah. Why can't they do that with Nightmare on Elm Street? It doesn't bother me. Did you like the... Yeah, I, people told me not to see it, but I totally see it. And you're right. A lot of those movies aren't that great. They're just kind of fun to watch, and they're fun like... You know, Freddy shows up in different ways, and he's got fun quips and stuff. And Well, I'll tell you, that that's one of the things I liked the best about it, or the most about it, was that it was like, okay, finally, there's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie... Uh, because for uh, that that where Freddy doesn't fucking put sunglasses on yeah. and go like life's a beach or yeah. whatever stupid <laughs> fucking thing he would say. <laughs> they know? say that it all went downhill is when he like pulls the woman's head into the TV and he goes, "Welcome to primetime, bitch." That's and, one of my favorite killings. And that it's a great killing. And that was apparently improv. It wasn't in the script. And they said that that line people loved so much that that's what it became. He just became this like cracking, wisecracking clown guy. Yeah, and that's that's the shame because what I love about Nightmare on Elm Street three is it really does a nice job of walking the line between like hokey one liners, but he's still sinister and scary. Yeah. And I love that line. Yeah, because he's ju it's just Welcome so to yeah yeah. Welcome to prime time. Bitch. It's a badass line. Nobody says bitch better than him. Nobody. That's Nobody. why what Freddy versus Jason I like because he's doing the opening narration. And then he, at one point he says, people forget about you. No, that's a bitch. Yeah. It's, I was like, yes, he's awesome. He says bitch so great. You know what's so funny? He does deliver that line well. That was the point in the movie, where though, where I was like, okay, this is going to suck. Freddie just said, now that's a bitch. But, I, but <laughs> I thought that movie did a good job of keeping that wisecracking Freddie guy. Right. But also, because they pit him against like an even more powerful guy and then jason's kind of the good guy in that movie which right. is weird i thought he did a good job of sort of keeping the continuity but taking the character in a fun new direction and i liked a lot of the kills that movie has great fucking it's got kills. great kills yeah the great. bed when he folds the, the bed's bed in great half or even like the scene at the rave with the, the the in the cornfield or whatever when he chops the guy's head off is awesome there's a lot of great kills i'll put yeah. that in and just like skip do different kills. Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah. And when I say I sat there going, this movie's going to suck, I don't think the movie sucks. I enjoy it quite a bit. But again, this was a movie, just like with Crystal Skull, where I had to go back. The first time I saw it, I hated it. I had to go back. Oh, you hated it? I hated it. And then for years, I was like, fuck that movie. But there was a little thing inside me yeah. going, buy the DVD, buy yeah. the DVD. And I finally bought it. And when I watched the special features and the director said, I just wanted to make like one of those classic Hollywood monster mashup movies. Yeah. Like Frankenstein versus Dracula. I then I was like, oh. Oh yeah. Now I get where he was coming from. Now I can watch it through that lens. Yeah. Now I like it. They have that weird like fight scene where they're doing like wrestling moves. Yeah. And then the weird pinball fighting scene. Yeah. I think that's fun. Well, he said, like, that's what he said was like he wanted it to be like a brawl. He wanted it to yeah. be like a monster brawl. I haven't seen all the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, I've seen a bunch of them, but not all of them. Friday the 13th, 13th, way higher batting average than it gets credit for. Really? Way, way higher batting average than it gets credit for. The first one's a classic. Once you know what the big it's twist is. It's not amazing. No, it's very boring because you know what the twist is. But it's at the boring. time, it was probably pretty cool. And J Jason's not in it. Right, until the end. Until but that end. end scene is It is a great terrifying. end scene. Yeah. yeah. Part two is awesome. Part three is great. Um, part four is solid. Part five um, sucks. Part six is awesome. What's five? Is that the Manhattan? No, five is the one where Jason mm -hmm. dies at the end of four. And it's like up until part four, it's like he's 
it's not like he dies and comes back to life. It's like they think he's dead and he's not dead. Yeah. Part four is like they it's called the final chapter. Like they kill him. He's dead. And then that's hell is the next one. Five. No, 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 man. No, you're you're all out of sequence. I haven't seen him. That's OK. I'm yeah. not saying that as a criticism. I'm just saying let me get you straight here. Yeah. Part five is they go to we're such fucking nerds. Only two people like this would be like, don't be offended that I that I that, that I insinuated that you don't know your Friday the 13th order. Uh, <laughs> so part five is because he's dead it's about people that survived jason at some like mental facility and then jason turns up again but it's not jason it's somebody posing as jason oh part six now part six is called jason lives okay and it's tommy the ca- the kid from part four that's played by Corey feldman now as a grown man it's not Corey feldman though in the movie um going the opening of the movie he's with the guy that played horseshack and welcome back cotter and uh they're going to jason's grave that's how the movie opens he's like i need to see with my own eyes that he's in that coffin and dead they go to his grave they dig him up tommy gets so overcome with emotional rage he pulls a metal pole off of the fence and starts repeatedly stabbing jason's corpse and it starts raining and he walks away with the metal pole and jason lightning strikes it okay reanimates jason (laughs) jason gets up punches horseshack through the chest and his hand comes out the other side and he's holding his heart best horror movie kill of all time (laughs) um and then there's a scene later in the movie when the when the caretaker for the graveyard sees that the that his body got dug up jason's body isn't there anymore and he thinks kids dug him up as a prank and he goes who the hell would want to go digging up Jason Voorhees? Yeah. Some people have a real sick idea of what's entertaining. And then he looks at the camera and you're like, oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's what's an awesome? Movie. What's Jason goes to hell? What's that? Well, then part seven is one where this girl has ESP and that one's awesome. And then part eight is Jason goes to Manhattan. Uh-huh. I don't remember that one. I feel like I should see it again. It's on a boat. It's on a cruise ship. He gets like on a boat and then he ends up in Manhattan. I just never wanted to see it again because I was like, you know what? A- Jason I- Goes Hell is the one after that, though. And that one sucks. I don't even dislike Jason X. I think Jason X is kind of fun. I, You know, I tried. But then when they did the whole like robotic Jason, like sure, I Sure, that's dumb. But they, I thought they did a fun job of like commenting on like the tropes and stuff. Um, speaking of these franchises, I would say out of all of them, the best one, the best first movie is Halloween because um, that's a fucking amazing movie. I prefer Halloween 2 to Halloween. I like Halloween 2 also, yeah. but Halloween, I think, is my favorite. I've seen the third one, too, which is the Masks, Season of the Witch. That's fun if you don't watch it as a Halloween it's movie. It's not a Halloween movie. You just watch movie. it as a horror movie. It's fun. Well, you know, he his plan was to have a different Halloween movie every year that's completely different, but right. the first one did so well, the studio was like, all right, do one more with the same character, then go off. Right. So by the time he did the third one, now people are like, no, no, no. Halloween is Mike, Mike Myers. What are you doing? Did you ever hear the John Carpenter story about why they're brother and sister? No. Because if you watch the first movie, you're like, they're not brother and sister. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with her. Yeah. She's just some girl that gets caught up in all this. Yeah. Uh, he said he was writing the sequel and he wasn't really thrilled about it because he didn't want to do it like you just said. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I was sitting, John Carpenter goes, I was sitting at my typewriter. I drank about a six pack. I had absolutely no idea what to write. And I just go, 
oh, God help me, I'll make them brother and sister. <laughs> and he thought it was the stupidest idea. And then it turns out to be like the defining yeah. aspect of the I movie. I like that the sequel starts off right where the first one ends. Yeah. You know what I just started watching again? I've been watching the Hellraiser movies again. Have you seen those? I have. They're my favorite horror franchise. I like those because... Even if they're bad, the bad guy designs are always so cool, and that world is so crazy. It's my favorite. Did we talk about Hellraiser on here? No, no. I just did an interview for Fangoria.com. Oh, how did you do an interview for Fangoria? Uh, Speaking the, of nostalgia, yes. when I was a kid, I would go to the, the there would be these, um, we'd go to these bazaars where my parents would get like vegetables and stuff every Friday. Yeah. Huge, huge. But they would also have these magazine guys and they would just have magazines that never got sold or people so sell their old magazines so i would go and buy every mad magazine that i didn't have and every fangoria and i just used to read like that's brilliant fucking fangoria I love it. yeah this this guy ken who's a great guy uh works at fangoria and he was a big opie and anthony fan and he contacted me and he goes I'm, i think you're really funny and i want to interview you so it's about horror movies uh it's like about he's doing this thing where he talks to comedians that love horror movies oh that's so i'm right. sure he would love to talk to you you should talk to him yeah um but i got to do an interview with them and they they had an, a subsidiary web, website called diabolique and i did an interview with them too um but we talked that's where i thought we talked about it on the podcast but it was that yeah. we, talk, we, we talked about favorite franchises and hellraiser is my favorite and the reason that it's one of the reasons that it's my favorite is because the to me the monsters are so timeless. Clive Barker did such a great way of of um, creating a believable version of demonic uh, repre representatives of hell or whatever. Yeah, they come in, they're dressed in this like otherworldly, timely way. They look the, the paleness, everything. The, there's nothing about it where you could go, that's ridiculous. Looks, Why would people yeah. from hell look like that? It's like you could see that movie 300 years from yeah. now and go, yeah, that's probably what people whole, in like, hell look like. Sexual S&M aspect to it. I think that's fun. I love that it's all primal. I love yeah. that it's something that's that's almost at the same time liberating, but also with a hard moral yeah. judgment to it. Like, yeah. oh, you want to taste the flesh? You'll pay the price. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's a really interesting take on a horror movie. I just don't like seeing that actor Doug Bradley because he looks like such a fucking putz. And then as uh, Pinhead, he looks so awesome. Uh, I've met him a few times. How come? Uh, because I've I've been at horror conventions. Oh, really? Multiple times. We should now. go. I didn't know you were such a big horror fan. A huge horror fan. I'll take you in the show you my collection in a minute. Oh, sweet. Um, but um, we, uh, I I was performing at a comedy club in New Jersey that was in the same hotel as HorrorCon. That was the first time, or MonsterCon, whatever it's called, and that was the first time I'd ever sort of experienced it. And it was an amazing week. You want to talk about nostalgia gone wild. Fucking Robert England was there. Um, I bet he's cool, right? I didn't really meet him. He seemed really nice. I was like having a conversation yeah. in a part of a group that he was in at one point. Yeah. But like we never talked. Um, I met Tony Todd. That was cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Th those guys are about, you know who I met? I met um, Sid. Sid. Oh, Sid Haig? Said, hey, yeah. I met him in a uh, in the hallway. Yeah. I was with this girl and I was really drunk. You're like, holy shit. And I saw Sid Haig and I go, You're Sid Haig? And he goes, Yeah. And I go, Dude, you're the only part of House of a Thousand Corpses that I liked. And he was like, uh, Thanks, I thanks, guess. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> I uh, think the second one of those, what's it called? Devil's Rejects. Is fucking awesome. 
You know, man, I like Rob Zombie and I respect what he does. I'm not a big fan of his movies. That's the only one They're of his too, that I like. Like raw, it's too like. I just feel like I'm getting slapped across the but face also, with a dick the whole time. But also or slick and like quick cuts in an off-putting way that doesn't They're, really fit the kind of They're, stuff that he likes. They're well done, but like I just don't like it. It's too like I watched. I was so excited for Lords of Salem. Oh, how is it? It's. Fu- I, I have a copy. You can yeah. borrow it. I, 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 it's fine. It's like it's not bad. It's just by the fucking seventh scene where like burnt face demons are jerking off dildos. You're just like, <laughs> all right, I get it. Yeah. I, I, like, stop just trying to make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, just I like it's, it's, Devil's I Rejects. Know. I think what what I like about it is that it's this awful, horrible family. Yeah. But they're kind of the good guys, even yeah. though they're horrible and evil. And there's that great scene. I'm not gonna no spoilers, but the uh, the free bird scene. Right. I think it's so cool where it's kind of like flashing back to happy times, and their happy times are like murdering people and stuff. That's I, it's played so straight. Kind of really what like I mean. It. I don't know. That that's that's the kind of stuff that bugs me about his movies. Like, it makes I didn't you feel like dirty. I didn't like. It's not that it makes me feel dirty. Like his Halloween remake. I haven't seen those. He remade Halloween. Yeah, I didn't want to see that. It's 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 just it just goes into this place of such. Like, it's not enough that the kid's crazy and murders people. It's not enough that he comes from a bad family. Then it's also got to be like, the stepdad wants to fuck the daughter. And then you see the daughter fucking her boyfriend. And then that's when she gets... It's just too much. It's like, everything doesn't have to be so raw. And then also, here's the biggest part that bothers me about Halloween, about his remake. And this is a spoiler, so don't listen if you don't want to know. Danny Trejo plays the guy that looks after him in the mental institution from the time he's like 12 to the time he's 30 or whatever it is. And people like fuck with Michael Myers because he doesn't talk and he's like in this catatonic weird state all the time. And Danny Trejo is always the guy that's like, hey man, leave him alone. Like, and he really looks out for him because he realizes like this kid's sick. He's got a problem. Like, doesn't mean he should be treated like an animal. He looks out for him. And then like when he finally breaks loose, Danny Trejo confronts him and and he's like, listen, Mike, like, come on, buddy. Like, let's calm down. Like, let's go back to your room. Let's calm down. (laughs) Yeah. And then he kills Danny Trejo. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's just like pointless. It's just stupid. That feels like a fuck you to the audience. Like, you care about this guy? Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, it would have been so much cooler if he didn't kill that guy. And I thought that there was, and then I thought, well, wait, is this guy redeemable yeah. in some way? That that adds such a new layer well, to me. Well, one of the things that I don't like about this new wave of like remakes, which is Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, which is the original is fucking amazing. I like the remake too, honestly. I don't I thought it was fun. What I don't like about it is that I don't need to see the moment where he finds the chainsaw. Like all these things that's that like in go- the beginning. That's in the prequel one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. The, well, there's the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Then there's Texas Chainsaw, which is the newest I one. I haven't seen that one. I've... Don't. But but what, that's <laughs> what I don't like is that they all like try and go back. Like with Halloween, like, I'm okay. Mike Myers, Michael Myers, he's credited in the first one as The Shape because he's pure evil. Yeah. Like that he's just not even human. It's so mysterious. It's so great. It never says his name. It calls him the shape. Right. And that's what, you know, the Donald Pleasance is always saying uh, that he's like this fucking demon thing or whatever. And I think that's so badass. And then you go back and you say that his uh, stepfather was trying to fuck the daughter or whatever. That it's not as cool anymore. Right. I don't need to see all that. That's shit. What I don't I'm need saying. to see Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. I don't need to see 
You know, and, and it sort of started, I think, with... Well, that was a big criticism of Nightmare on Elm Street, that people didn't like that they took it, that they kind of confirmed, like, yeah, he used to molest these kids, too. But we knew that always, right? I felt like we kind of did. It didn't bother me. It wasn't such a stuff. It wasn't like you ever saw anything in the movie. They just kind of say, like, yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah. So it's like, I can deal with that. But it's like, I don't need... I don't need utter depravity all the time. I don't like... This is what I don't like about the Rob Zombie stuff. It's one-sided evil. And as shitty as the arc of Anakin Skywalker may or may not be in, with George Lucas's take on why he becomes corrupt, at least George Lucas tried to be like... At least he would say, look, nobody's just evil, okay? So, like... Whether we needed to see it or not, whether it ruined or not, that's a different discussion. My point is, is like I much more appreciate a guy going, nobody's just evil. There's an arc to this. Whereas I feel like with Rob Zombie, it's just like, they're fucking crazy yeah. and they murder. And well, it's like, uh, what? All right. I, I don't have a problem with the Freddy thing, even though I haven't seen the movie, because uh, his origin story has always been part of his character. He's the guy who killed kids and then they burned him. Like, right. that's always been part of his character. Right. Michael Myers' backstory has never been part of his character. Uh uh, Leatherface's backstory has never been part of his character. That's just like sort of a weird fucked up right. cannibal family. Well, here's why, I'm, and I'm I'm being hypocritical now with Halloween because one of the things I always liked about the Halloween sequels is when Donald Pleasance would go, "Some things are just evil." Yeah, like, I like that. That's I like I, that. That's it was, what I like about it. There were, yeah, there was more of the mystery of just like this fucking demon somehow yeah. ended up in the shape of a human. Yeah, the shape, yeah. and. Uh, and then here we are. You That's know? what I like about it. What was I? There was a thing I wanted to say more to you about. What? I think we lost it. What was it? We were back. It was Hellraiser. Then it was. There was something I thought you would really appreciate, and we just didn't get to it. And we got. I can't remember now. Oh well. Oh well. It, it doesn't um, matter. But yeah, there's the. That's what I don't like is, you know, the reboots obviously don't ruin it, but there's something about the original that a lot of them seem to not get. What's cool about them, they don't get what made those movies good. Well, it's like The Matrix. It's like once they started to over-explain what yeah. was happening, it just you, it wasn't cool anymore. If you see the first Texas Chainsaw and if you see the first Halloween, they're pretty, like, understated. Like, you remember Texas Chainsaw as being super fucked up, and it is. They don't really show you that much. It's what they don't show you. Like the first, his first kill is fucking awesome where it's just like, you just see him go by, kills the person, closes the door. So subtle. Yeah. Same with Halloween. It's a lot of like tension and stuff. And then now these remakes are just like, as you're saying, just like in your face depravity. Well, yeah, it feels, it feels more real when it's a little understated in, in certain places. The best commentary I ever heard about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and why it's so scary is that it feels like you're watching a documentary. It's so dirty and grimy. Yeah, it yeah. feels like you're watching a documentary and it's the little things. The, the scariest part of that movie isn't the chainsaw. The scariest part is when he sits down and is like, like doing that with his tongue, yeah, and like kind of like going, <laughs> yeah, and like you're what like, the fuck is this person's problem? Yeah, yeah, you're like, what are we dealing with here? Yeah, yeah, it's it's so great, it's yeah, so great. That whole scene at the dinner table is so fucked up and crazy. Uh, you ever see the third one? Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? No, that's the fourth one. I've seen that one. That one's, uh, it's got its moments. It's not great. I really love the third one though. And in the third one, they go back to the house and they do another dinner scene. And in that scene, they nail the girl's hands to I have the chair. It. It's I have really upsetting. It. I have seen it. It's I great, though. It. It's yeah. a great fucking movie. Yeah. Um, well, this was awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. Thanks for I feel, having is me. Is that too abrupt of an ending? I don't know. No. I feel like we really, I feel like we geeked out. This was perfect. Yeah, this we really did geek out. 
Um, well, I guess the one question, just answer the one question if you could. Like, do you think nostalgia is possible without the heart? You know, is it just a brain thing? Is it just, I saw this at this time, it reminded me of this, therefore it's a sense memory, and therefore anything I ever see that will also become nostalgic will be a sense memory, it's all just chemical? Or do you think it really is just a, a thing in your soul, you know, that, that, that that's well, undefinable? to me, soul and brain are the same thing. So, uh, you know, I mean, your soul is just a combination of different chemicals in your head. I don't mean this to be in an unromantic way. I, I really do think that people are a collection of these weird things. I mean, we don't know how the brain works. Like the fact that I fucking knew Snout Spout's name is <laughs> crazy. So there's like a lot of mystery there. And I think um, what, to me, nostalgia isn't purely intellectual. It is a hard thing. But to me, both those things are pretty connected. That but was... I, the perfect answer. Oh, great. Were you going to say more? No. Because that was perfect. Great. We just solved it. Okay. (laughs) We just solved it. There's your answer. The brain and the soul are the same thing. There's your nostalgia. Yeah, and just play the the (laughs) video games you like, you know? I I still like Breakout Street Fighter 2, and I'm like, this is still a perfect fighting game. It's amazing. It's It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, and that sound takes you back. Oh, great. All of it. The music, everything. Uh, This was great, Kamal. Thank you for being here and i'm really excited and uh what what you want to plug anything well you mentioned silicon valley every yeah. sunday after game of thrones at 10 p.m um and then i do a show uh at the meltdown uh, every <laughs> wednesday hey you gotta do meltdown sometime. <laughs> uh it's on sunset between la brea and fairfax uh 8 30 p.m um oh and i yeah. do a podcast with my wife called the indoor kids that's about video games on the, on the nerdist network oh that's great okay check out the podcast uh, go to the Meltdown show, uh, get there early because it sells out every week, and it's such a fun show. It's a party vibe. It's, it's great. It's just wonderful. Every, you're, every, the crowd's cheering and clapping. You know what it's, I like? It's is really amazing. There's so, I've been in front of so many different kinds of shows and crowds where they're always the vibe is like, all right, prove it to me. Show me that you're funny. Here, everyone assumes you're really funny, and there's really no judgment, and all kinds of comedians do well, it's, you know? Yeah. More clubby people do great, like people doing super weird shit do great, characters do great, everything does great. It's really wonderful. It's a lovely, lovely audience, and, and it's just from the minute the music starts and they start clapping to the music and cheering, it's really wonderful. So check that out, and, and definitely, definitely check out Silicon Valley. It's, in my opinion, the funniest thing Mike Judge has done. Uh, since uh, Office Space, and I love everything he's done. Oh, yeah. I'm not discrediting anything in between, but I saw this and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is like this is so reminiscent." <laughs> uh, it's making me nostalgic for Office Space. Yeah. So check it out, T.J. Miller, Thomas Miller. It's such a great cast. Uh, and uh, that's it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Great. <laughs> <laughs>